So listen, 2,200 yes. bootstrappers on discuss.bootstrap.fm. I don't bring that up, but I just checked it, so I'm bringing it up. <laughs> That's a lot of people. That's, that is a lot of people. That's a lot um, of people, Butov. We should do a show where we interview people, like up-and-comers, <laughs> like up-and-comers. How about this one? Well, okay. that's how it work. Um, listen. This one's called Bootstrapped, and we are talking about those bootstrap people. Listen, Bootov, the Bootov, uh, it's Bootov plus plus. Bootov plus plus. We had a, we had a baby girl born uh, on April 30th. Samantha. Bootov. Baby, Sa baby Sam. Baby Samantha. Aww. Your boys can still swim. <laughs> that is the appropriate follow-up to that announcement. You're right. And congratulations <laughs> on both fronts. Um, uh, so how has it been going back into the deep end of the pool here? Uh, you know, uh, she's easier than you Ethan was. You don't sound as sleepy as you should for a was was she one month old or something? She's one month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, She's easier than Ethan was. And I don't know if I, we could attribute that to sort of experience or because she's easier than Ethan was. But right. it's – I, you know, everybody said four times the difficulty level with two times the kids or whatever. It's hard, but maybe because we psyched ourselves up for like it being uber hard. Right. It's not <laughs> that. Well, yeah. if you landed with a good baby, that makes a big difference too. You know, like if you had a rough baby – then that would be it. Would be a lot harder dealing with Ethan and stuff like that if you were up all night every night for the past month or whatever. So if there's a good baby, uh, yeah, yeah, she's 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 uh, she's logical in her crying. <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's all you want. Like, yeah. can I do the diaper change or the feeding or something obviously uncomfortable about you and fix the crying? That's, that's right. what you want. That's right. If she she's she eats well. Uh, if she ate, she sleeps well. If she's not wet or hungry or cold or just wants a shift in position, she doesn't cry. That's great. So, yeah. Because then you know what to try. You try those three or four standard things and it fixes it and that's great. It's when you have the baby that doesn't like – won't tell you what's wrong with it and then it's just like <laughs> – Three hours at three in the morning of I'm shaking the baby, I'm changing them, <laughs> I'm covering them, I'm taking stuff off of them, you know, all that stuff. That's it. Uh, but it's good. There, though. You'll get to the four times. It is four times it's hard, but you've got a lucky baby, so you're getting a little reprieve. So make sure you're well rested. You use this time to rest up because it's not going to stay this nice forever. So that's the other part of the equation is that I've suspended my consulting practice for the remainder of the year. A year? Yes. Wow. Well, because I've been going at this thing for like 80 hour weeks for like uh, so long and like, it's fine. It's fine. We'll be well, fine. It's nice that you've built up a little by killing yourself for the past year. <laughs> you, you, you've uh, saved up some money and energy that you can now uh, take a little take a little break here, which will be nice. Yeah. I um, got uh, a Laracon ticket, which is my vacation. Yeah. My that's how I knew. Th that's how I knew this baby was not a bad baby either. Because I was like, "Wait a minute, he's going on a trip with a two-month-old baby." Well, something's going on. The, the the thing that makes that possible is that my mother-in-law retired, and now she can visit to help more uh, often. Nice. So I made sure that this was possible before right. I booked the ticket. Right, of course. Um, 
But yeah, I w- I wouldn't even like leave the house if like if right. I wasn't sure there was backup. <laughs> so um, so what's your plan? So so now you is it strictly family six month leave? Is it yeah? Are you gonna work just, on some software stuff? Well, I'm gonna consulting. Well, I have literally two hours of work time available that Ethan is still in school, mm-hmm. and that ends on the twenty fourth when she's going to stop going to school and then I'm going to have zero hours available <laughs> to work so it's appropriate to just take time off and just say oh forget it I'm just going to help raise the newborn and spend time with the family and do that and that's it but you know I like awesome. like the, the week after I stopped I went on like a coding rampage <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, not, that's, not, that's not stopping. No, because like sure. because uh, you know I've done nothing but Objective C and Java for Android and iOS for like a year or two years or something like that. And right. it I, I I it used to be the case that I when I went into some new tech like desktop QT thing or game development or something like that or web stuff, I used to like build an app in like forty different languages. Right. Just to see what you know, what I like more, and I haven't done that in years. It's just it's been too long. So like f- that's how I keep up with tech. So I fell behind, and so I decided I'm gonna build like a stupid little thing. But I'm, I'm just gonna do it just to see what the tech world is like now, right? Um, because I've watched, you know, I I knew I was gonna do this. I knew I fell behind when I like I watched Snappy. Uh, I watched. Um, uh, the taking care of feeding a robot. What was that thing that he did? Yes, the care of feeding Eric, a robot. Yeah, Eric did the presentation. Uh, yep. And like, I didn't know any of the tech he laid out. <laughs> this is like four years ago. <laughs> this is like four years. <laughs> <laughs> Five years ago, four years ago. Um, I knew coffee script, like that's it. And like yeah. all, everything else, like I didn't know anything. So I went on this thing, like I wrote the same app and like Laravel, Slim, Node Express, Node Sales, like Go. Oh my goodness. Java Spark, Django, like I wrote in like 10 different things. I even went oh like C++ goodness. frameworks and like this language called Squirrel. <laughs> like, <laughs> way off the deep end. Um, and like there's no like technical comparison that I needed to do. I just wanted to see what felt good. Like what was my next yeah. like home to live in? Because right. I wanted to build some stupid little apps or whatever, but I just wanted to see which one was it. And like I wanted to learn JavaScript and learning Node was like a great way of learning deeper javascript stuff mm. um so like my takeaway was that like i i tweeted about this and i said i chose django i didn't choose django for the production app that i'm going to follow up this but i just chose django out of the non laravel things that i wanted to explore like laravel was the um what was he what do you call it the like um, baseline or... right it was like the control default control because yeah, I, cool. I knew how that felt i knew how it would be to publish an after laurel because i did a bunch of those so but like django is very close to that like it's funny because like <clears throat> i didn't know what criteria it was that would make me like something out of those and not like the others. Like I didn't know whether it was the ease of language or it was that it's a small, like light frame, micro framework to let you do things the way you want. Or whether it was like a big handholdy things like Django that like gave you everything in the kitchen sink. Like right. I didn't know what part of that experience would be like, all I wanted to see, like which one felt better. 
Yeah. Um, and so in the end, for the production version of this thing, I'm going to go with Laravel anyway. <laughs> uh, because like, because of two things. One, like Django won out because of Python, um, because the language is just, it's, it's nearly perfect. Like, like I've gotten to this level of, if I was young, if I was like 20, I would be like Haskell all the way, dude. Like right. that's all I, <laughs> um, cause like, you want to be hardcore and whatever. But sure. now like I want the simplest pot. Like I want, like I want to move the turtle up to the left on the screen. Like I want the simplest <laughs> possible dumb language <laughs> that still does what is capable of doing. Um, so Python is great. I learned Python on 45 minutes. I just, <laughs> it's just fantastic. Um, but Django, I spent two days trying to get that damn thing to accept an email as the driver for the user model right. instead of the <laughs> username because I don't want the username, but it wants you to use the username. Yeah. Um, and Laravel is not as easy with like the modern PHP is like PHP had like a revolution at some right. point. <clears throat> and uh, but the defaults are much more sane. Yeah, and Laravel, and you you realize that after the so so I didn't know which, which whether it was the language or the framework or what it was that would make me happy or felt better, <laughs> but it turned out it was not fighting the defaults, <laughs> and Laravel had the least of fighting of the default like the documentation. Yeah. Of course, you know Django had great documentation. Laravel has great documentation. So like, you could throw away something like like. Node sales, for example, I didn't like the documentation for that, right? Um, but like, out of all of those, it turned out to be like, if the language is not an issue, which between PHP and and um, uh, Python, it wasn't. It turned out that that having to fight the framework less was the one that that won over everything yeah. else. Um, that's the thing if you're building some app where it's like it's just you and the language right like you're just building you're just coding it entirely yourself right like no framework then that's a whole different world from if you're using the framework right. and if you're using the framework th yeah like the framework you like best is just a huge advantage and the framework with the best set I mean if you're building a web app you know, like that's what Laravel's entire focus is, right? And I, I'm, theoretically, that's what Django's focus is. I don't know that one as well. Um, but that's the thing. There is even a distinction there, right? Like Laravel is very focused on your building a, a SaaS app. Like that is what the defaults are for. Mm -hmm. So even if you were building a website, like Django might be better if you're just building a website. Like, I, I don't know. But it, so its defaults might be more towards you're building a website, you know, like more of a publishing scenario mm -hmm. as opposed to like an app scenario. But yeah, the Laravel defaults are like you—you you have like half an app just when you get it started up, basically, and, it, and it's reasonable. JavaScript Node wasn't as terrible as I anticipated it to be. Really? Um, JavaScript is the funniest thing about JavaScript is is how half of the authors who write JavaScript books are like huge apologists for JavaScript being the way it is. <laughs> like half the book is I know this is like not the way you expected it to be, but here's why it could be good. Um, you, you could force your brain to work around JavaScript, but you have to like, yeah. you have to drink the Kool-Aid. You have to be in node space for like the entirety of the process because you can't like context switch between classical, um, class hierarchies and like what JavaScript does with the prototype stuff. 
Um, it's just it's wired differently, but it's all right. Go is terrible. Really? Because that's the real. See, I was thinking if I was young now and starting, I wouldn't go with like a Haskell yeah, type so, thing. So, but I, I go. so it's the same sort of hotness that Haskell yeah. had. It's that yeah. nothing more than three characters right. <laughs> exists in this <laughs> language, and there's like this. It's so it's like the dent, the densest meatloaf you can eat. It's a brick, <laughs> and it's a brick that does a lot in three lines of code. But like, good luck fucking reading that thing after you come back to it three months later. It's just interesting. It's just, every I'm writing it, I spent like a week with it. Like Python, I spent 45 minutes and I just wrote this Django app in like a day. Right. And like, and like the go, like I'm reading it, I'm writing it, I'm writing it. I come back the next day and like every line hurts because like I have to parse it. <laughs> like it's like learning a, a verbal language. Like you have to like translate it in your head first before you could spit it out. Uh, and that's just, uh, that's just not how I want to work. It's just it's too, for young people. Maybe it's fine. I see the 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 cool little features in there, whatever you know, the multiple value returns, all that stuff, whatever. Um, but it's just it's too hard to read. I just I don't have it in me anymore. I just want like I I was going for simple. I was going for felt good, and Go is like the opposite of felt good. Right. Um, Plus, you still have the more established ecosystem. You're also kind of going for the like what has the frameworks that can help me. You're one person, all that kind of stuff those advantages where Go is new. And I know there are like some frameworks and different things building up around it, but that's all still pretty young verse. Obviously PHP super established, Python super established. So right. even Node at this point is fairly established. Oh, and the other thing is that I'm gonna, somebody's going to punch me in the face when I go to LaraCon for this, <laughs> but like the Venn diagram between all of these like PHP, modern PHP and Node and like, even Python, all of these things, is starting to look like one big circle. <laughs> yeah, no, they, well, they all kind of between like closures and generators and all yeah. this stuff, especially when you go into uh, the normalization of the language that fits inside a an a MVC framework. They're all starting right. to look like pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it's not such a big deal. The transition, if you jump from Node to PHP, it's not going to be, uh, you know, like jumping into cold water like you think it's going to be. It's yeah. going to be just fine. Um, you, well, there's also, see, to me, there's also the whole rest of it, which is like, the reason I never switch off PHP and I don't really have any desire to and basically would stay with Laravel under any circumstance just about also is because like, you know everything about the whole stack. So like, I understand completely how this should scale, where weird stuff happens, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? And so uh, where you hit problem, I mean, there's always the specific problems and sometimes you don't know a very specific problem you run into, but you know generally, you know, how it interacts with the HTTP layer, how people do either scale with this or do heavy loads with this or do complex things with it. Like, these are all things I have a lot of experience with and understand them very well in the PHP context. And, but like with node, like that's a whole different model, right? Or if you go with even just stupid stuff, like a Python or go, like, how do I hook it up to NGINX? How do I serve a website with this thing? And it can right. learn all that stuff. But 
I don't want to learn any of that stuff. So right. <laughs> like, cause the whole rest of it, it's like not just the language, but it's like, well now I got to make it server web page. Well now I have to like, maybe I want two front end servers. Like, is there any weird stuff with that? Like, you know, just all that, how does it interact with the database? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like all that other stuff with it that then is, and all the oddities that each one of these things will have in that interaction between the different layers that you start to get like, uh, there's not really, for that, me, there's not a lot of upside. Yeah, that stuff definitely comes into play when you're like building, uh, you know, a front-to-end app Which that you want to push the production, it, yeah. right? But I just wanted to sort of explore the landscape yeah. and what that looks like. And You're on sabbatical. Yeah, yes, sort of. So that wasn't really code, but it was like, you know, I was just like, just stretching my wings out a little bit. So what did you build? Did you build something that you could tell us what you built or no? Are you gonna keep no, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put out that, uh, uh, um, uh, you know that thing I keep in a text file of stuff I played and stuff I want to play. It's <laughs> just right. a stupid list type of thing that I'm just. That's what I use as a proof of concept app for all of these things. So it's, it's a uh, glorified list type of a thing. I'm yep. gonna put that out just because I wanted somewhere to keep um, to keep the stuff. I basically what I want is I want that web th- website to be up like stuff I played and stuff I want to play so right. that I could build a Google Chrome extension against it. And whenever I'm on the website that has a video game I like, I just right click on that thing. Dude, people would love that. You should totally, <laughs> that's, that'll be huge. Like I literally the only reason I'm building the website is because I want a little Google Chrome extension <laughs> wherever I go. I could just add a thing to the list I want to play. Chrome extensions are really easy too. I built one and I had no idea what I was doing, but it was pretty easy. Yeah, um, I built one a while back too. Yeah, they you know are what you easy. look at is uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Oh, Letterboxd. Do you know what Letterboxd is? Oh, it sounds familiar. It's letterboxd.com. Yeah. It's basically a site where you like keep track of all the movies you have seen and want to see. Right. I see. And like that's exactly what this should be, but for games. And then like yeah, you get a little Chrome extension and it puts it on your, you know, want a playlist right you know, the games you played you could have some simple reviews like obviously this has been around for years and it's quite elaborate but it could just be a super simple version of this because there's uh, so many gamers and I'm sure uh yeah same. and because letterbox is cool too what i like about it is you could send the link to someone and like they could see everything you have ever played mm-hmm. and what you thought about it mm-hmm. which is also kind of cool that like you can have that like shared history, you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not really building this as like a product. It's going to be free. Uh, well, this uh, isn't really a product. Either. I don't even think they take it. This is just like a free thing they run. I don't know how they make money. Even I don't think they do make money. Right. Um, so I just a, you know it's like for. Oh, two, there is a pro version now. I guess one is I used it to learn the tech, yeah. and, and two is I actually wanted to like easier way to store stuff I want to play. So, but okay. I love this idea because you you uh, I would love to see all the games you've played. Sure. And what you thought about them. Like, I would be very interested in that. Like, I'm upset now because I don't remember what I played when I was 11. And exactly. Like, I <laughs> and I can't put it into the list. Exactly. Anyway. I totally agree. I'm I'm very upset with that myself. I would love to have that even for me. And I don't even play much anymore. But Yeah, so it's going to be uh, it's gonna be movies, uh, TV shows, books, and games. Because it's like there's no difference between them. So I'm putting them all in there because I want to keep track. I don't think you should do that. Do just games. Just games. But just I want to keep track games. of stuff I want to watch on no. TV. No, no. <laughs> just games. Oh, just games. man. But that's Listen, not then, fair. Then, if it's if it's if people like it, you could have a TV show version. It's like a separate thing. Maybe they're connected somehow. Whatever. I think you should focus on just games. Then but you're thinking so you're thinking of it as a product, not something that 
Buddha would like <laughs> for Buddha. Gotta at least give it the opportunity to be a little bit bigger. At least just the opportunity. If you make it just games, there'll be that is like something that instantly people will get. If it's like a thing that like track everything you've ever done, eh, it's like big and complicated and nobody's gonna get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're gonna get it and a few people will get it. But I love the idea of it as games. Right, Letterbox we'll for games, that is freaking awesome. No, it might already exist. I don't know. That's I'm possible. sure everything exists. Everything exists. But it hasn't been bootoved, so that's that is the difference. <laughs> um what are you up to? So I'm not doing anything. That's great. That's fantastic. I just you're want to anything. you just spent you just you just described how you spent like a hundred hours in the past month on this, but you're not doing anything. No, this right? was just last week. Okay. hundred hours last week? Not a hundred hours. Just 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 last week I did all the okay. framework framework runs. That's still a lot of time. But I, I know what you're saying. I like that. I like this side of Butov. I like that you're spreading your wings and out then, there exploring. Uh, and then we'll see what we'll pick up. You know, when the baby's a little bit more independent sure. at six months old or something, <laughs> we'll see where we go with product work or whatever. Yeah, then you got to decide: are you going back into the consulting game, or are you gonna gonna try yeah. your hand again at the product but, world? But the rest of the year, it's it's June. The rest of the year sounds fine. You will be. Terribly bored. By, <laughs> I'm gonna give it. See, you're, you're Butov, and I know you're big. Uh, you're gonna be. You're gonna be very focused on the kids. So I will give you until the end of September, right. and then I think you will be like, all right, I need to do something that's making forward motion here. That's my guess. Now I will. I will. I will be delighted if I'm wrong, but I think that you will. I, no, I would not be able to make it that long. I would be like, <laughs> it's uh, July 15th. All right, what are we doing here? Stuff's got stuff's got to happen here, but uh, I will give you to the end of September as my. Uh, I'll definitely be itching to get something done, but I, I think that the kids will keep me grounded. I don't we'll think because the summer he's not in the camp. He's that's why I gave you to the end of September because I figure summertime you could be outside, got to right. go to the park, you know, whatever. Maybe take a little trip somewhere or whatever with the whole family, yada yada. Because you haven't taken a vacation while either. I'd like to see you take a vacation. No, I, I haven't. Well, Laracon is my thing off, but well, yeah, that's your. Personal. I haven't. Uh, I we haven't booked anything. Like we didn't. We didn't. When it was time to book stuff, like back in like October or something, we, I wasn't in the mindset that we're gonna vacation at all because I was like working a lot. Um, so now it's, it's too late. Maybe we'll do something. You know what you should do? Let's see. When was so the baby was born a month ago? So May. So let's see, June, July. So if you did set up Disney World in December. Oh, Lord, Disney World. Disney World's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Go there in December. It's not going to be too hot, right? It'll be cold as crap here. You'll be there. It'll be 75 degrees. The baby will be big enough. I went there when Mia was nine months old. So a little bit older, but. And actually, it was a little bit more of a pain because she was, like, starting to walk. So, like, I'm having to, like, walk a nine-year-old, a nine-month-old, like, half walking as I hold her up. <laughs> right. So, at six months, you know, Samantha will be still, you know, in the, strapped to you in a carrier or whatever. Ethan will be having a great time. You could bring the baby on the ride. Like, all the rides that Ethan's going to want to go on at his age or, like, even baby-friendly or else whatever. One of you stays out with the baby. But telling you, do that. All right. Do we'll that. see. Book it. Book it, Buta. Book it. We'll so you see. Can go there. It'll be all decorated. It'll be beautiful. It'll be beautiful weather. You can go 
like midweek, like this the week of December 10th or something. So you'll, you won't have like the crazy, insane people who are there over Christmas and when everybody has off, like you'll be there that couple weeks before that. I'm telling you, that's what you gotta do. That'll be also your, your recuperation. There'll be like a, a nice trip with the family for a week before you jump back into it in January. We'll see. We'll like, see. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm new to this vacation thing. I will Time go with thing. I'll go with you. I'm looking for reasons <laughs> to go to Disney World. I'm making Jamie crazy with it. Right. We'll Perfect. see. If you if you guys go with us, that'll be more likely because oh, you're you're yes. you're the you're the the anchor. I'll be the anchor. I can guide you. <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't have to bring my family. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you up yeah. to with the thermostat? What's going on in Lensman Land? All kinds of stuff everywhere. Butov, it's busy. Um. Been going on well hold on before i even get to that yeah this weekend i went to atlantic city yeah it's fun play poker i've been getting into texas hold'em I is, know I'm not is atlantic city still atlantic city or is it like coney island post-apocalyptic yes post-apocalyptic half a dead clown drenched over the railing <laughs> that is exact that is the perfect thing for exactly what it is okay it's dead clowns laying on the ground but <laughs> There's one hotel that's nice. We went to Borgata. So that's like a very Vegas-y style, n- n- nice higher-end place. I would not go to any other places. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's one or two that are okay. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, it's not It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> but if you don't leave well, – not only did I not leave the hotel, like, not, not leave – we didn't not – I didn't go to any other casinos, but I didn't even leave the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see sunlight for 48 straight hours. Um, <laughs> it was just buried inside this casino. And we got like three, four hours sleep a night. We went there, saw Chris Rock. It was me, my brother, and my cousin. Mm-hmm. Saw Chris Rock, which was great. It's a nice little uh, adult relaxation time. Uh, I was mostly even, which was nice, except for some money I basically threw away on the stupid slot machine and <laughs> roulette once or twice. So besides those stupid throwaways, I was down. Five in the morning, we end up on the craps table. This guy goes on an almost one hour run of rolling. Whoa. It was incredible. We won like a ton of money, Crazy. which only brought me back to even, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, not a ton. I say a ton that people I think is like $100,000. It was like $500. But you know, for gambling, for me, that's that was a lot of money. So I don't know. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I think it's the uh, all of our kids are getting a little bit bigger. We're like, it's not so burdensome to leave them home for, uh, you know, a, a two day trip or whatever. So it was a nice little man, man family getaway uh, trip. That's cool. Do you, you play cards, Butov? I can see you down there. I play uh, the 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 most basic version of poker, like five. What is that called? The yeah, five, five card stud. Five card stud. Yeah, something like that. Like, I don't. I never got on the. The hotness of poker. What was it called? It, hold them. Yeah, that's right. That's what we were playing. So I can't follow that stuff. That's on TV, but it's kind of the same. I, thing, I guess though. I can figure my way around. Yeah. All right, we're bringing you down. No, I'll, go good. I'll go to Disney with you. You come to Atlantic City with us. Like you have no. Like I'm really looking forward to Laracon. Like <laughs> I want to <laughs> be in a hotel in the middle of Manhattan with like no client responsibilities whatsoever. Yeah, like, nobody harassing you. Um, any listeners over there, come by and say hi. Yeah, we'll get you some exposure. 
toy around. It's nice because see, last time I was running it with Taylor, so I was all over the place. But right. you know, now when I go, I'm just like you know, mostly another schmuck hanging out. Uh, so it works out nice. So this one's not downtown; that's uh, Times Square. So I'm trying to figure out where the pizza run is going to happen. Yeah, it's not even really Times. It's like off of Times Square, so it's like. It's actually the place where this is is when you know when you get over to the edges, it's like not ideal sometimes. So right. it's a little like there's no subway, there's no yeah. There's it's not, it's so. probably going to be like the West Side. I don't know if there's anything good in the West Side at night. Yeah. Pizza. Yeah, the West yeah. Side. Maybe we'll just run down to the village. Yeah, we might make a village. Run. Yeah. What I'm trying to Jamie will be there too. Oh, cool. All right. That's the plan anyway. You never know how the kid babysitting situation is going to work out, but currently it seems like that's going to be the case. That's cool. That's the plan. Um, yeah, no, Laracon's going to be fun. We got to do something for the Lara Jobs booth. That's another thing. Like We have a table for Lara Jobs. I haven't even thought about what the heck to do with that thing yet. <sighs> so much to do. Yeah, usually I bring stickers and stuff. I got to come up with some stickers. Uh, all right. Anyway, that, uh, what else is going on? Mm, help spot stuff. Here's an interesting update. We haven't talked too much about this. Um, so like last, exactly one year ago, mm-hmm. we launched subs- help spot under like these tiered subscriptions where you mm-hmm. can like, <clears throat> so it's a subscription and you can get between, you know, up to five users. Then you have an up to 10 user tier and an up to 25 user tier and an up to 50 user tier, whatever. Um, that's going pretty good. Uh, we had so we had a lot of customers convert all the new customers come in on the tiers under subscription, and then we have the existing customers. Uh, a chunk of them have moved over to the subscription, which has been good. Uh, so overall, so far, I'm liking the subscription. We'll see how now these auto billings that should be coming up here in june it will be see if there's any technical difficulties with that which is always exciting that's a great and time of the year i still like the auto billing time yeah. of the year yeah yeah well i've never i've never experienced the auto billing so this is this is the first time in 12 years running this company that anyone will have been auto billed so we will the see. best the best time is that week after all the reminders that you'll be auto billed go out <laughs> before the auto billing happened because like you know, nothing came back. No, there's no, right. what do they call it? Churn happening. Churn. Yeah. Ours is, ours are all rolling. So it's not first of the month. It's mm-hmm. just whatever. If you started using HubSpot on the 12th, like then, you know, June 12th is going to be your date or whatever, but, right. but yeah, we are sending people emails ahead of it, obviously. And, uh, in the app, it also gives them like a big, scary error message <laughs> when there's like, I think, 14 days left or seven days left, something like that, where it, uh, <clears throat> like if, if for some reason, like it didn't auto bill correctly or whatever, then, or if they're an invoice customer and they have to put in an order cause we still accept invoices. Um, so that was a whole tricky thing. Like we couldn't just do like every other SaaS app does where whatever we just throw in Stripe and that's it. We have to have a whole, all this custom logic in case you want to use an invoice. And But the, the auto billing is for the on-premise installations. For either one. So how do you enforce that on premise? Uh, the the HelpSpot itself has the code so that if the license is a subscription and it's expiring, it'll just show a message. Even if it's totally off the internet, it'll okay. warn them and stuff. And then when it's on premise, they have to come to the store, buy a license, and then upload it into their on-premise installation. Gotcha. But you don't lock them out or anything, right? It's just for support? 
Uh, I mean, eventually they would get locked out. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, because so, it is a subscription now. So previously it would warn them, but nothing really happened. It's just that there wasn't support. Mm-hmm. That's the old, if you have an old grandfathered in license, like that, you own the license and it still runs forever. Right. The subscriptions are a true subscription and you have to pay, you know, the subscription or else it does stop working. That's why, but we give them a ton of notice, like way more than any app I use has ever given me. <laughs> uh, just so that that's very, because we don't, we don't want somebody's help desk to be, we, we want to give them at least two weeks of scary warnings ahead of it right in the app so that it's very obvious and there's no like, well, I didn't see it because it was a weekend and then our help desk is down and we're rushing around or whatever. So like, you know, it's very, very obvious. Um, I'm always fascinated by like these edge cases of like enterprise sales of open source stuff or, or license yeah. enforcement for on-premise installed software. Like, like I, back in the I remember installing um, fog bugs mm-hmm. on our Unix server and it's like 2007 or something. And like everything was in VB script or whatever and, or PHP and, and like, except there's like one, one K file that was like binary code. Cause that's the right. thing that called the server for licensing and they didn't want people messing with it. Yeah. They went to some extremes for that. I guess they have maybe the brand power to push it. But for us, I was always like, that just seems like a support nightmare and we have one support person. So I don't really <laughs> want to like burden them with infinite, uh, you know, weird sort of callback to the server issues that don't work and right. whatever. So it's just all in HubSpot. And if somebody wanted to hack it, I'm sure they could and people have, but I don't ever care about any of those people. Like the people who want support, who want updates, like those people are just going to pay and that's it. So, um, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see. Cause we have one of the things that's nice about the subscription, even though overall the price it's, it's good. It's less money. Um, up front for sure than the old model, like for new customers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but for us, the upside is that people would let the support expire and then, you know, wait two years and then renew it. Mm-hmm. And so like we missed out on two years of them paying support because they left this gap. So overall, I like the idea that there's no, no gaps anymore, at least for the, I mean, we still have a lot, most of our customers are still on the old style, so there's still gaps. Um, but as we go forward, there'll be less and less of those as those people convert to subscription or and as new customers come in. So that it's just continuous. There's no reason for you to be running the old version. Like, uh, this is a funny story. So I, 12 years ago, before I released HelpSpot, when I was building it, I built this you know, way is one little part where it calls back to our server just to get the latest version mm-hmm. number. So that sure. in that in the UI, I could say, okay, like you know, there's a new version. You should install it. So in that, I just in that URL, all it does is call out and uh, it sends the customer's ID um, and the HelpSpot version they're currently using, and that's it. That's mm-hmm. all it's passed back. So I have it go to this URL, and this, at this URL was a text file with the latest version's version number in it that, you know, way back in the beginning, I was just like manually updating. And I was like, all right, you know, eventually I'll, re- I'll replace this text file with, uh, you know, like a PHP script. And then I can log, you know, when people are using expired versions and have that information. So 12 years, I never did that script. 
<laughs> Never got any, that any day now when you get a chance. Yeah, any day. <laughs> uh, so so in, I think in version four, we actually switched. It doesn't even go to that URL anymore. It goes to the like our store URL. So that's all like dynamics. We have like this whole build system now and whatever. So so we don't have to like manually update this file on the server. I might even do that in version three. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, different URL. No, it was version four. Uh, different URL. So inside HelpSpot, we updated HelpSpot to you know, point to this new URL, whatever. Um, so, but then I was like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, we should really reach out to some of the people who are using like, you know, old versions because they really should update. You know, there's always, there's been security improvements, tons of bug fixes, whatever. So I actually implemented this PHP script, a four line PHP script. That's all it does is write, append the, those two data points to a CSV file. That's, that's all it does. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating what's in there. <laughs> there's, like, there's like, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of people on, you know, version three, which is like the last version that even caused this endpoint. So, okay. So you have a lot of those people, um, but then you have a lot of people on version two and you even have a handful of people still on version one. Uh, with the, the oldest one I think right now I've seen is 1.5.5, which was released. I looked it up. I think it was January 2006. Um, <laughs> And it's like, wow, that's crazy. And yeah. there was three P three installs running that version, and one of them is supported. So they're, <laughs> they're on a supported version. They haven't upgraded in over 10 years. Once they're it's out there, the it's thing. out there. So it's like, all right, we're going to reach out personally to all these people and for the ones not on support, like so HelpSpot's still calling us, so they're you know, presumably still using it. There might be a handful of people who – whatever it's just set up on some server and they don't use it anymore but i i would think most of them are still using it so obviously i'd like to bring them in the fold and get them back paying customers and get them upgraded and maybe move them to cloud and all that stuff uh and then also for the people who are supported um they should upgrade to mm -hmm. one that was built in the last couple of years at least or whatever so that'll be exciting though support wise upgrading somebody from 1.5.5 to the newest version because that's that's um, a big upgrade uh, there's a couple of like points where we have to upgrade into in between points and stuff like that i'm, into, che I'm checking which version of hellspot and terror is running uh, oh 3.2 <laughs> oh yeah that's not too bad 3.2.10 i'm definitely not supported yeah that's <laughs> I, haven't a total paid, I have never paid you for support that's fine but to be fair, I never asked for support. Yeah, yeah, you just gave me a license. I just gave you a license. That's you. So you are supported because you have a license. I got you. I got you on a special bootop plan. That's right. Oh goodness. So I don't know. So anyway, that's a funny helpful story. This week, Bootstrapped is sponsored by Linode. Um, if you're looking for virtual machine hosting, I definitely gotta check out Linode. They have eight data centers. Um, all the plan, the base plan starts at two gigabytes of RAM, and it goes up from there into very large servers. Really straightforward pricing, ten bucks a month um, to start, and that's actually billed hourly. So if you want to spin up a, a server just to play around with a side project and spin it back down, you're only going to pay, uh, you know, for the fraction of, of time you used on that. Um, they recently switched uh, from Zen to KVM, and have seen you know three hundred percent performance increases uh, with 
the servers uh, we use at Userscape um, run on Linode, and we did that conversion. And it's amazing. We were able to actually lower uh, the size of many of our servers down to just the base two gigabyte server because they're just ridiculously fast now. So that's really been awesome. It's all a 40 gig uh, network. It's all modern Intel processors. It's all native SSD storage, 24-7, 365 support. Uh, seven-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, again, I've been hosted there for, I don't even know how long, five years or more um, with about 10 servers. Andre uses it as well. Uh, so definitely, definitely highly recommend Linode. Um, and uh, they've actually given us a, an offer code, bootstrapped20. So if you use that code, you'll get 20 bucks off um, when you sign up for an account in Linode. So basically, uh, you can get your first two months for free. Uh, or even if you're only using it for partial months, it could be last you longer than that, obviously. So definitely check that out. Offer code bootstrapped20. And we'll have that in the show notes uh, as well as a link right to that. That that applies a discount for you. So go ahead and just check it out in the show notes. Click on it. Um, our big, big thanks to Linode for always being a huge supporter of the show. And uh, I really can't highly recommend them enough. We use them for uh, everything at Userscape. And uh, it's been been rock solid. So thanks a lot to Linode for sponsoring the show. We're doing a new HelpSpot website. That's like three quarters-ish done. It's actually pretty nice. So I'm looking forward to getting that out. I'm trying to get that. You had a, you had a few have. iterations of that. Website? Oh, yeah. It's been through a bunch of iterations. But the latest one is it's up and I call it together after I realized the previous one was actually horrible and like killing us and like creating no trials, which took me like a year to realize that because I wasn't really paying attention. Um, so got that kind of fixed up, but it doesn't look good or anything like that. So the new one looks really nice and I think is just going to do a lot better job of selling the product. Uh, so that's in uh, progress. And then I still have pages was- going back to 2005. Pages on yeah. the website, yeah. Antera.com slash blackberry slash call screener is probably right. 2008 ish. <laughs> I haven't been over there in a while. Let me see what's going on over there. What I mean, you weren't even using it for business leads, you were just like, I haven't, all your I've been, yeah, I haven't been using it for so long. It's not up there in the podcast, it's like you're all you need. You know, this thing still looks pretty good, though. So that's the latest one. Even that one is like five years old. But if you go to like slash BlackBerry slash call screener, those oh, are those are layouts based on like Help Spot One layout. Because I didn't know anything about CSS, so I just took yours and I took Basecamp's. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Just that top part is a little like the old Help Spot one. Right. Is it the well, two like thing? I have a question. Email us being right there. That's nice. We should have done that. I should put that back in. I like that idea. Hmm. Look at that Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are there anybody still subscribed to those apps? Still using those Blackberry yeah, apps? 23 people are still using it. Wow. Look at that. 23 people that not only are they still using it, they went through the jump from authorized to Stripe which was a hard cutoff and they yeah. jumped over and they're still using it with blackberries that are now 10 years old. I think wow. 2007 was the last one that came out that supported the spam filter. Wow. Really? Yeah. No, maybe no. After that, 2007, no, se- six or seven years old. Yeah. Yeah. Still a lot for <laughs> a mobile phone. 
That's the power of subscriptions. I mean, they're still using it, so that it's yeah. not even software; it's just hardware that they're using. Is that old? That's wild. Hmm. Crazy. Once it's out there, man, that's it. It's out yeah. There. Oh, I mean, the same is kind of true. Helps a lot. We have like customers, just been customers forever, like eleven years, over eleven years. Some of them. So, if they still while. made my my wonderful little Nokia that I used in the late nineties, I would still be using it. Uh, the, not the new one that they said kind of looks like it, but the the really old the old one back then. They're not remaking that one though. Yeah, the the, the little like the the one that would look like kind of a candy bar. Or right. No? Yeah, it's yeah. that one. It's that style, but it was another model that I liked. It was like seventy seven ninety or something like that. whatever. Yeah. It was back then in the, that era. But that was like one of the few pieces of hardware that I really liked. Yeah, I remember really liking that one. I remember mine was blue. Yeah. <clears throat> it's nice. But it didn't work as good before that. I had this bigger Qualcomm where you had to pull the antenna up. <laughs> right. And that thing had the best reception, though, because, like, the antenna was just totally outside the body. You pulled it up. It was great. And then I moved that Nokia, and it never got reception. It was, like, horrible reception because <laughs> there was no antenna or just, like, a little nub, I think, or whatever. And it was not, not as good. But... Yeah, the Star- we called that other one the Sarge phone because it was like almost like a military style, just like big black thing. But anyway, uh, so what else? What else? A thermostat. Thermostat's the only other thing. That's coming along nice. We got Chris is working on it with me now. He's uh, got the custom field part, which I wanted to have in place before we launched it to anybody. So... It's almost ready. We actually have one person using it for real right now uh, who's got a game. Uh, he makes games for iOS, mm-hmm. and he's got this really cool game he's working on. It's actually emoji-based, um, and I, I think it could do really well. It's really cool. He's actually a local guy here, and uh, he embedded it into the game, and then I built this little API so he could use it. And oh, That's cool. Yeah, it's working really cool. He, like, he, like, tried, he scared me because, you know, he, the first – uh, he in the name field he doesn't have the people's names obviously because it's like an iOS game right uh, so he's putting an emoji in there so I like actually went into the database and <laughs> like, does that like, work or not <laughs> yeah exactly I was like oh I got the first thing this guy tries to throw some emoji in there that has to like make it all the way through and uh, I was like well I should actually add some tests for that but anyway it all worked which was nice uh, in theory it should all be fine but I, I'm so like scarred from I spent probably three weeks, four weeks when I first built HelpSpot trying to get UTF-8 to work. And that was like way back. Like PHP didn't have any way, to de- couldn't deal with UTF-8 stuff at all, basically. And the database, MySQL didn't really do it either. And I was, I'm like scarred for life from this. Like, <laughs> And there was all kinds of ways you could sort of do it if you could figure everything right. And, but you had to do a lot of stuff on the server too and whatever. And so it, it just never worked. And and so I'm still like eternally fearful of that, but it worked. So is Cold cool. Fusion still a thing? I think it is. I do miss Cold Fusion. That's why I was going to ask you um, on your tour of uh, modern web development if you tried Vue. I tried Vue when I bought Spark. Okay. Uh, but back then I was like really not into learning JavaScript at all, like especially front end JavaScript. Uh, but I kind of dug Node. Um, like if Laravel wasn't around, I'm not even sure I'd go Django for a production app. I think I'd stick with Node. 
See, um, so maybe you should get into Vue. You're getting into this JavaScript mindset. So, right. So now I, I want to revisit Vue to see if I like it or not. I mean, I don't know if I like it. I, I'm, I'm still not at a point where like I could get out of HTML, CSS, plain, plain JavaScript <laughs> mindset. That still is always the fastest. I mean, Vue still takes longer. But if you want some dynamic parts, it, the Vue is pretty nice. I mean, I think with Thermostat, it ended up being nice because I just used it. We're just using it where it makes sense and then where it doesn't make sense. It's just, you know, outputting to the browser. And we're not trying to do it as a single page app or anything either. Like each page, even where it uses Vue, like it's got to reboot up the Vue right. instance and all that stuff. Like, but I think, it's pretty nice. I think like the reason like I was like, I didn't use Spark because I didn't want to use Vue. Like I just used parts of it. it was like um, my first exposure to front end JavaScript stuff was Angular and React. And I was like being right. thrown into the volcano. Yeah. And like I really didn't take to it. So like I didn't even want to try lightweight stuff, but like I think I'll 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 tr I'll play with Vue for a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty good. And well and then what made me think of that also is cuz uh it it basically is like building your own little cold fusion server. <laughs> like that's basically <laughs> what Vue is. Like cuz cold fusion was all about custom HTML tags right. which then when when your cold fusions web server saw these files would you know interpret those tags that look like html tags but they would tell it to do database queries and what do do stuff and then view is basically the same thing where like you build these custom tags you know call them tags and and it you know it renders the page it goes into the dom of the page and swaps out your custom tag for whatever logic the tag is supposed to implement so you're basically just writing your own little cold fusion service uh, so that appealed to me and uh no it's, it's not too bad it, the documentation's not quite as good as <clears throat> like laravel's i'd say mm -hmm. um if you're trying to build something more it's it's probably good for poking around like it's a lot of like here's how you could like loop through a list or you know, simple stuff, but if you are, like I was trying to actually build a real application. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you always end up with more complex scenarios there. So it doesn't touch on everything I needed, but, you know, obviously there's the whole rest of the internet, so you figure it out. But, um, but yeah, that was good. Cool. So what are you doing other than work stuff? I'm still, try I'm still trying to find like two hours to watch Logan because it came out on demand. Oh, yeah, you got to watch Logan. So like, good. The baby sleeps in our room, so you can't yeah, watch it at night. I can't watch it during the day. It seems like a nighttime movie. It seems like yeah, a it's all, yeah, it's a nighttime movie. Got to watch it at nighttime. So, um, they also have black and white version, which is pretty cool. I watched really? that. Yeah, I like the black and white. Have you you watched Mad Max? Or no? I, I have, yeah. Yeah, I mean Fury Road, the new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a black and white version of that, which that is stupendous. Like, it's is even this a better thing now? Yeah, it's just like I a think it's, well, aftermarket like add-ons or something. I think Fury Road started it kind of because they did this black and chrome version. They call it and it's just amazing. And so I, the guy, the Logan guy, did it too. I don't like it as much in Logan as I did in in Thunder Road or Fury Road, but. It's just remarkable when you watch the same movie in color and black and white. I mean, it's just like the same thing with photography. Mm -hmm. Like when you watch it in black and white, you're so much more focused on like the faces right. and all that stuff just stands out because the color is all removed and there's no distraction for your eyes first when you have all the colors and even just background color and stuff. It's, it's, it's quite interesting that the performances really stand out more, I feel like. But yeah, you got to watch Logan. 
We've been watching. Uh, we just finished up the leftovers. And if you ever watched the leftovers, you've been tweeting about. It. I haven't. No. Yeah, it's good. It's it's crazy. Um, it's by the thing I did Lost, but it, in some ways it's even crazier than Lost. But it's also had more of a real arc than Lost. Like they didn't screw up the end like Lost. Um, I think some people don't love the end, but it was better than Lost end. And I, I like the end uh, the more I think about it, especially. So definitely check out the leftovers. And I've also been watching. We've been watching The Handmaid's Tale. If you saw that, that. Uh, on this Hulu, it's a Hulu one, and it's basically about how this like um, radical sort of Christian group takes over the country after the world becomes kind of messed up or something. It's not really clear. I'm only like four or five episodes in. It hasn't. They've only touched on it briefly. It hasn't really been made clear because there was this like sort of uh, apocalypse of sorts where like women can't people can't have children it's not even really clear if it's the women who can't or the men who can't or both but anyway uh they you know there's not as many children being born so the women who are fertile are like basically slaves to the the high-ranking men who their wives want to have kids but they can't so they have this handmaid who has the kids and so the show is kind of about all this dysto- it's like a dystopian future right. sort of thing um which that's been pretty good so far <clears throat> hulu doesn't do the drop it all at once so you can't really binge it they, they do still like weekly releases so we've been looking into getting rid of the cable now with the youtube doing that tv thing and hulu doing that tv thing um we we haven't yet because like our television is for background noise Right. So you can't do like background noise with Netflix because like you have to pick something, right? You have to right. pick something on Amazon. Yeah. Right. So now we're considering that maybe if Hulu gives you that, you know, whatever, 100 channels for eight bucks a month or whatever it is, if you could turn shit on and just have it be on in the background, like it's worth getting rid of that like $150 a month cable bill. I think, you know, I think Netflix and Hulu would both let you do something similar. Like, if you just stack them up in your watch list, a bunch right. of stuff, like, and then you could just play it. But no, no, that's, that's, the I, that's the stuff I want to watch. Like, the TV yeah. stuff I don't want to watch, <laughs> <laughs> but I still need it to play. We, uh, well, that's kind of how I've been using Hulu, funnily, because I, so I hadn't, we didn't have Hulu already, and we got it to watch this show. Mm-hmm. But then Hulu is where you can watch Seinfeld. So now I've been watching tons of Seinfeld. And as background, most like I'll even have it up at like work just in the background. You have Seinfeld like, on discs and you burned it. I know, but the but I, I, it's impossible to watch that way. You know what I mean? Like the world is not set up to watching a thing off a burned disc. And I spent like forever burning those discs too. The other thing is the quality is horrible on those discs. This has all been updated to HD. So it was like basically unwatchable because it was like super low resolution <laughs> on your HD television. And it's like terrible. So these have all been modified to be HD and stuff. So so I'm almost through se- – for some reason, I just started at season six. And I was like, I forgot how wonderful season six is. I mean, every episode is just great. Um, I don't know if I could watch Seinfeld anymore. Like I catch them occasionally, right? Bad. Every evening they're somewhere. Right. I, I, like I, I've absorbed so much of them. Yeah. Like I, could, I could like recite them verbatim at this point. Like I can't <laughs> watch them. <laughs> but I forgot like all the great ones, like the truly great ones. I know and know them verbatim. But it's you know every season was like twenty four episodes. Yeah. And you know there's a ton in the middle that I've seen them all, but they're not the ones that get replayed a lot. And like so they're kind of almost like new to me in that I remember them once I get once the joke once the punchline comes. You're like oh yeah that's right and but. 
it's it's funny and also seeing the arc of like the season as one thing um because i kind of also forgot how they i think that changed from the early ones but they started to have more like season long arcs where right. you know yeah. thing is going on across kind of the whole season um so and it's good background because i've already seen it you know so i'm not really watching it half the time but when i do like look up it's like oh yeah i remember that there's a thing I read that was going, went over the internet a while back. I don't know how old it is, but like it was like rules, uh, Larry David's rules for writing Seinfeld oh, episodes yeah. or something. Like there's a bunch of interesting yep. things. Like every episode has to have a story arc for every character, something like that. Yeah, which they all did, and right. and they. Uh, I think well, that's why that famous. I think wait, it's like no love, no learning, or something like that. Right, no, right, right. No lessons no. being taught. Right. Yeah, there's no learning. Like nobody, right. nobody learns from their mistakes on Seinfeld. They just keep making the same mistakes. And that was like that was the point of the last episode. Like they wanted to bring it home, right? Because it was like right. the jaded New Yorkers who just refused to be um, compassionate towards other right. people's misery. Right? <laughs> Even when presented with all the horrible things they've done, they're like, yeah. I didn't really like the last episode. I have to say, but maybe on reflection, it's not so horrible. And how it was okay. It was it? too. Yeah, it was too like up its own ass that we're the last episode type of a thing yeah. yeah but it's all right it's still a great show there's like a couple of shows that are like just so unique that like married with children seinfeld things yeah, like I mean, that right? i was i gotta go back and watch married with children that would be a good one to go back and watch i still have I un, unopened dvds sitting on my shelf right. it doesn't feel like to me seinfeld is like more appropriate for my age now too i feel like married with children i don't know if i you know, because it's like, oh, it was great when you were 14. <laughs> like, oh. But I don't know if I – but I, I mean, it was just funny. It's funny, so I'm sure I still like it, right. but it's hard to make myself make the time to watch that. Well, Mary Children was more of a cartoon than – Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. It was good stuff. I mean, yeah, we mostly got rid of cable. We just kept the basic five channels because mm-hmm. it was actually cheaper to stay in the – you know, right or thing. Right. So, we, which I kind of like having them because whatever. If occasionally, like there's, oh, you know, like the Super Bowl or there's whatever, like some big news event you want to watch it right. or whatnot. Right. So we, we have two, four, seven, Fox, and like thirteen. Or yeah, whatever. literally the only thing I watch is the Food Network, Create <laughs> TV, and HGTV. There you go. We were on those for a while, like years back, but we were kind of off that. Now, I mean, we don't even watch that much TV. This is the most TV we've watched in a long time lately. It just this like little run we've had here, but I don't know. All right. All right, man. Let's wrap it. All Keep right. An hour That's an hour. People. All right. Um... Oh, oh, I wanted to say Battlegrounds. I'm still playing Battlegrounds. <laughs> 300 hours in. Did you win one yet? Yeah, I won one. Nice. Uh, That game is so little about shooting and so much about like the landscape working with you and, you know, like uh, tactical, whatever. So I won one because I was on the right side of a very steep hill that Uh. nobody could be behind me. And if anybody was in front of me, they just fall down the hill. And I was just inching my way up there at a diagonal to be able to make my way up. And like I won one. Because the guy rushed at me, and I was behind the tree, and I shot him in the head. Um, <laughs> it's patience, you know. You gotta have patience. Yeah. Um, so I won one, but like the way I play it is like, if you land in the middle of the circle that's shrinking, mm-hmm. there's no point in going back out because you're gonna 
wind up going back in. And every time you expose yourself, you get shot in the head. So you just might, might as well, you know, stock up and sit whatever house you, you're going to bunk up in. Mm. Uh, so you're in there for like 10 minutes. So I just all tab out and I put on Jeffrey Way and I just listen to Jeffrey Way. <laughs> I listen to Lara, uh, the, the Lara casts and, um, uh, and uh, I, I, I crank up the volume. So if anybody opens the door in the house, I could hear them all oh, time back. Into the- <laughs> that's, <insane. laughs> that's hysterical. I like and, that multitasking. It's great. It's, it's a great Jeffrey way game. Uh, this is like a whole new angle for Jeffrey to sell his service as <laughs> like while you're waiting to get to sh- for yeah. your game to really start. Throw yeah. on some layer cast. Every episode is like 10 minutes, right? Just all tab out. Yeah. Let's watch it. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Like a- it's great. Then you can't. Is, is there no way to have it? Can you have both open or the yeah. game? Yeah, I have yeah. both open because I have the game set in Windows in window. window mode. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. This is this is the relaxation that I needed for my vacation. Laracasts and and uh, battlegrounds. <laughs> the soothing sounds, of Jeffrey Way. Perfect combination. Did you uh, did you watch any of the Apple keynote? I didn't. No, I watch it through Twitter. Mm. Through whatever is Twitter. Anything sends that me. interests you? Uh, there's a lot of stuff the big a big one they haven't done a big one like that in a long time I haven't um, no because I just bought the iMac so I'm I not going to get another awesome. iMac I like I'm the iMac gonna... Pro even though I have no reason on earth to get it other than for my photography which could absolutely use all that horsepower but it's like if it was like a little less insanely priced I would I would definitely consider <laughs> it but to Five grand, that's a lot for my hobby of photography. <laughs> right. Uh, Apple AR doesn't, or VR doesn't oh, that's concern me. Not the VR. I, who, I, VR looks so stupid. Like, even the girl doing this demo, she's doing a demo, she trips. Like, VR to me is stupid. But okay. AR to me VR, is intriguing. VR demos extremely poorly. Oh, it's horrible. Um, I'm VR, sure it's better. That, that's the reason it doesn't sell. It, it's just yeah. you can't. You can't sell it without forcing a person to try it. And everybody's going to go into Best Buy and put on sticky, smelly headsets. That's not going to work either. So it's it's a really hard sell. That's why um, AR seems so much more logical as a business model and then also just as a thing. Like, I would love to have AR right here at this table right now. I can <laughs> imagine all – I would have, you know, virtual screens, um, a nicer environment so that okay i'm looking at my real screen in front of me but then there's some nice plants and stuff over to the side i mean there's just like infinite uses for it well i do, I do that every day in vr too because there's a virtual desktop i load up yeah. and oh, then you sit right. in the middle they of go, a have big heavy helmet on it's not heavy it's not that heavy it's all right you get used to it um i want glasses i look through that have some way to project something onto them type of thing i guess but that's like i have a google glass thing and that was like so like the most amazing thing about google glass was how underwhelming it was yeah it's so postage stamp and that's what the microsoft hololens is from what i heard it's like a little mm-hmm. postage stamp and ar is so much harder than vr <laughs> it makes yeah. it so much further away from re- good regular daily use that's probably true. Whatever, we're old. We're old. I don't know. I'm into the AR. We gotta find. We gotta start the, some kind of AR thing. What can we do with AR? I don't know. We could. We could. <laughs> we, we could watch our grandkids use it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk right. to you later. All right. Bye. Have fun.